the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The New York AG deposes the former president regarding an investigation into the Trump family business. They're obviously investigating and trying to pin a January 6th related crime on Trump. The IRS commissioner claims the agency will not weaponize against the middle class and small businesses. The real problem with the IRS is customer service. As gas prices decline, food prices jump another percentage point in July. We're not seeing a lot of signs of food inflation abating anytime soon. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Thursday, August 11th. I'm Mike Scott. Just days after former President Donald Trump's home was raided by the FBI, New York Attorney General Letitia James deposed the 45th president regarding a civil investigation into family business practices. Per the advice of his attorneys, Trump pleaded the fifth and called it an unfounded, politically motivated witch hunt. Former president went on to say that the Biden administration and prosecutors across the nation have lost all moral and ethical bounds of decency. The case involves financial dealings of Trump's Manhattan properties, including his flagship Fifth Avenue building, Trump Tower, and the valuation of his 213-acre estate, Seven Springs, in Westchester. The new Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, earlier this year, stopped pursuing charges against Trump and suspended that investigation. Meanwhile, new information has come to light regarding the raid on Mar-a-Lago in Florida. According to reports, the raid was largely based on information from an FBI confidential source. That source was able to identify classified documents and where they were being stored. Andrew McCarthy, senior fellow at the National Review Institute, joined the Salem Radio Network and shared his thoughts on the FBI raid. I'm not accusing anyone of fraud. What I'm saying is that the crime that they got the search warrant to investigate, you know, in other words, the crime that they went to the court that, and said, we believe this crime has been committed and that evidence of the crime will be found in the place we want to search, namely mishandling of classified information. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it was fraudulent for them to represent to the court either that that crime may have been committed and there would be there was probable cause to believe there'd be evidence of it at Mar-a-Lago. I'm not I'm not saying they were defrauding the court and prosecutors are not required to tell the court everything they suspect. So if they believed in conducting a lawful search that they would find evidence of a crime that they didn't tell the court about, that's not there's nothing improper about that as long as what they represented to the court was true. McCarthy says that what the agents got the warrant for isn't, in his opinion, what they are really after. So 
So what I mean by pretextual is the crime that they're really interested in is not the crime they got the search warrant to look for. (laughs) I think they were absolutely confident they would find evidence relating to perhaps mishandling of classified information and more broadly violations of the Presidential Records Act, which, by the way, is like a constant. We didn't have a Presidential Records Act of the Watergate era. Before that, the presidents were the custodians of the records of their own administrations, which is why you see all these presidential libraries that we uh, that so much uh, funding goes towards. Right. So I think they're obviously investigating and trying to pin a January 6th related crime on Trump. So when I say pretextual, I'm not claiming fraud. What I'm saying is the thing they said they wanted to search for is not the thing they're most interested in. McCarthy goes on to explain why he believes that the FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago has to do with January 6th. I think most significant things that's happened, which because of the, the, the raid on Trump's place down in Florida hasn't gotten as much attention yet as I think it will, is the fact that hours later, evidently, they issued, they served a search warrant on Congressman Mark Perry to take his cell phone. Now, that is clearly related to January 6th. Meantime, Pennsylvania Congressman Scott Perry says the FBI seized his cell phone and has publicly tied the agency's actions to its search of Donald Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago. The FBI's handling of the Pennsylvania Republican represents a rare step against a sitting member of Congress. However, the seizure follows an investigation into Perry's involvement in Donald Trump's effort to challenge the 2020 election. With tensions mounting in the Taiwan Strait to their highest in decades, the Biden administration is vowing to continue sailing warships through the strait and to conduct open-air operations in the region. Administration officials say they do not want to escalate tensions. China maintains they were provoked by last week's visit to the island by Speaker Nancy Pelosi. However, American and Taiwanese officials made it clear they now believe China used Pelosi's visit as a pretext to step up operations to try and intimidate Taiwan for months or years to come and perhaps speed up a timetable of plans to establish control over the island's 23 million people, much as it did in Hong Kong. On the island, CNBC's Eunice Yoon says Taiwan has been stepping up military drills. Taiwan's military held live-fire artillery drills in Pingtung County on its southeastern coast. Officials say that the army will continue to train and accumulate strength to deal with the threat from China. Today, Taiwan's defense ministry said it detected 10 Chinese ships and 45 jets around the island. China's military said it extended its war games around Taiwan for a second day, focusing on containment and resupply logistics after earlier practicing anti-submarine and sea assault tactics in an apparent effort to target U.S. support. In addition, the PLA is conducting live-fire exercises for one month off the Korean peninsula, close to Japan. Taiwan says so far no Chinese forces have entered the island's territorial airspace or waters, so within 12 nautical miles of land, 
as had been feared. Yoon says that in spite of China's efforts to intimidate the self-governed island, Taiwan plans more military drills to defend itself. China is now ramping up its propaganda campaign after online Chinese map services featured Taiwan in greater detail last week. State media and diplomats have started to publish posts and articles highlighting signs of Chinese culture in Taiwanese cities, which they said bolstered Beijing's claim of sovereignty. A video posted on the Weibo account of state broadcaster CCTV showed street signs in Taipei carrying the names of Chinese cities and provinces such as Tianjin, Shandong, Guiyang, and Chongqing. In Shep, Taiwan's foreign minister said that Beijing's efforts are really meant to harm the morale on the island, but he vowed that the island would not be intimidated. And in fact, Taiwan is going to continue to carry out more drills this week. Texas Governor Greg Abbott's campaign shot back at New York City Mayor Eric Adams after the mayor of the Big Apple threatened to send busloads of New Yorkers to Texas to campaign against Abbott in the upcoming gubernatorial election in retaliation for Texas sending busloads of illegal immigrants to the Big Apple. I am deeply contemplating taking a busload of New Yorkers uh, to go to Texas and do some good old-fashioned door knocking uh, because we, we have to, for the good of America, we have to get him out of office. Adams' comments mark the latest in growing tensions between liberal blue cities of Washington, D.C. and New York City and conservative border states of Arizona and Texas. On Sunday, another busload arrived in New York with about 40 migrants on board, only 14 who disembarked in New York City. Abbott has also said he's considering looking at other cities where the illegal immigrants can be sent. Marky Martin of News Nation says that busing of migrants to major U.S. cities has now become political. This is now a political showdown, and Governor Greg Abbott has followed through on his promises to bust these migrants to more liberal cities to give those leaders uh, a fraction of the idea of what Texas and the southern border go through on a day-to-day basis. And now New York Mayor Eric Adams is threatening his own retaliation bus as more and more migrants continue to arrive in the Big Apple. For his part, Governor Greg Abbott doubled down during an appearance at CPAC over the weekend. That one single challenge, we deal with that number every single day. I got one thing to tell you and to tell them. There are more buses on the way as we gather at this conference today. Martin explains that border states like Texas see approximately 4,000 migrants crossing their borders every day. Mayor Adams calling on that government assistance for those 4,000 asylum seekers now taking refuge in shelters across New York City. Just for reference, that number is what Texas sees on a daily basis. And lastly, uh, Nicole, a lot of people coming forward, even former ICE leaders saying... These two cities, D.C. and New York City, are sanctuary cities. They've labeled themselves as safe havens for these migrants. So a lot of people not understanding why leaders like Mayor Adams are now labeling these buses as problems. Separately, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has mold sending illegal immigrants to President Biden's home state of Delaware. More success linked to former President Donald Trump 
in Tuesday's primary elections. Daybreak Insider Julie Walker recaps the primary wins. In Wisconsin, Tim Michaels, a wealthy Trump-backed businessman, won the Republican primary for governor, defeating former Lieutenant Governor Rebecca Clayfish, an establishment candidate. And Ron Johnson, who has been embroiled in January 6 investigations, easily won his primary, but is considered the most vulnerable GOP senator up for re-election. In liberal-leaning Connecticut, Leora Levy had a surprising win over a more moderate rival. A day before the primary, when the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago, Trump held a teletown hall rally for her. And in Washington state, six-term Congresswoman Jamie Herrera-Butler, who voted to impeach Trump, conceded defeat. I'm Julie Walker. White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre claims there won't be any new audits on people making less than $400,000 a year, even though the so-called Inflation Reduction Act will use taxpayer dollars to pack the Internal Revenue Service with 87,000 new agents. Many critics of the bill are not buying it, pointing to the fact that over 99% of Americans make less than $400,000 a year. While the IRS employs more than 78,000 people full-time, the agency has fewer than 66,000 agents as of March to handle its audits. Critics say that the Biden White House wants you to believe these 87,000 new agents will be reserved for auditing the top 1% with no effect on everyday Americans. Ryan Ellis is a senior tax analyst at the Family Business Coalition. He joined News Nation to discuss the claims that the IRS will not go after middle class Americans. You know, there's an old joke about, uh, you know, uh, given the kids who go into prom night, liquor and the keys to the car at the same time. Um, that's sort of what's going on here. Uh, you're giving a lot of money to the IRS, which has approximately 21 million tax returns that they haven't processed yet from prior years that can't even keep its own 800 number open. Ella says that the problem with the IRS isn't a collection of money. It's simple customer service. They like to pretend there's something called the tax gap out there, that there's all this money that should be taxed that isn't being taxed right now. In reality, that's just a distraction. The real problem with the IRS is not that they're collecting not enough money. In fact, this is one of the record years the IRS has ever had one of the best years in the last 20 or 30 years in terms of federal revenue collections, and it's only going to go up from here with inflation. The real problem with the IRS is customer service. If you try to call the IRS on the phone, the IRS is not going to be there in order to uh, to uh, help you. If you uh, have filed a tax return at any point in the last couple of years, there's a decent chance it's still stuck there at the IRS. Uh, so there's no way that, that the IRS's main problem is collection of money. They're collecting plenty of money. Ella says that America's steep progressive tax code ensures that higher income earners do pay more in taxes. If there was this huge problem of revenue collection that we weren't collecting enough money, why is this one of the best years that we've ever had in terms of collecting federal tax revenues? It's absolutely off the hook. Federal personal and corporate income tax revenues are coming in at record levels. They haven't been this high since the go-go late 1990s. And so we're doing something right in terms of tax collection in America. As far as this myth that the richer you get, there's some mythical loopholes or shelters that other people don't know about, normal folks like us don't know about. If you take a look at the progressivity of the code, 
The more that you earn, the more that you pay as a percentage of your income. We have a steeply, steeply progressive tax code. Although inflation began to ease last month, along with gas prices, food costs climbed 1.1% in July, bringing the year-over-year gain to 10.9%, according to the latest Consumer Price Index figures. The Food at Home Index, a measure of price changes at the grocery store, notched the largest 12-month increase since 1979. Abhi Ramesh The president and CEO of Misfits Markets joined CNBC to discuss the rising cost of groceries and what some companies like his are trying to do to curb passing along those costs to consumers. In this inflationary environment we're in, uh, consumers are looking for cheaper options, and especially when it comes to food. You, you mentioned a lot of those those headline statistics. Um, they're staggering, right? Like, you know, like staple produce items, meat, meat and seafood, dairy increasing by double digits. It's something we haven't seen in, in 20, 30, 40 years. And I, and I think consumers are feeling that hit their wallet. They're feeling fuel prices go up as well. And so I think they're looking for uh, for more affordable options. And our, our value prop here is exactly that. It's we go and, and take advantage of inefficiency in the food system and use that to deliver value in the form of dollar savings on groceries to our customers. So I think that's the big one that's really driving that growth for us. Ramesh says his own business is able to cut down on inflation due to creating their own supply chain. The big thing for us is we we have built our own food supply chain from scratch. Um, so we operate our own fulfillment centers. Um, we you know we, we we manage our own middle mile. Uh, we work directly with suppliers upstream, so we don't work with distributors and a lot of the other uh, other intermediate intermediaries in the food system. By doing so, we've been able to significantly limit um, the sort of inflationary impact on on our end. Um, and so, if, if if traditional grocers are seeing five, six, seven points in their supply chain that, that are being impacted by inflation. We're only seeing one or two or three. And so because we own and operate and, and you know, that supply chain end to end, we've been able to limit, um, you know, severely limit the amount of inflation that we have to go pass on to our customers. Ramesh says that, unfortunately, he believes food inflation will be with us for quite some time. It's tough to know whether whether it, you know this is truly the peak or not or not. Candidly, you know, we're not seeing a lot of signs of food inflation abating anytime soon. I think we have seen freight uh, logistics and fuel costs come down by that 10 to 20% over the past month and a half or two. And that is translating, translating a little bit into cheaper food prices, but the actual core prices of these food commodities um, have not gone down. We, mm. we still think there's uh, significant supply shortages across a lot of different food verticals. And I think that will continue to drive price pressure upward on, on food for the consumer over the next few months. So short answer is probably not. Um, yeah. I, I hope I'm wrong, but probably not. Meantime, experts are coming together to offer advice on how to try and save at the grocery store. First, try to use a cash back app, such as Ibotta or Checkout 51 which are two of the most popular apps for earning cash back at the store. Some users tend to receive $20 to $30 back per month, while others can get back up to a $300 cash back reward. Second, try to shop the sales. Some of your favorite brands may be offering bigger-than-usual discounts right now to maintain loyalty, so it pays to pay attention to price changes. Third, Plan your meals. Planning your meals in advance 
makes it more likely that you'll just buy the things you need. Fourth, try to buy in bulk. Joining a wholesale club like Costco, Sam's Club, or BJ's will often get you the best price per unit on condiments and non-perishable goods. And lastly, if using a credit card, try to pay with the right one. There are specific grocery rewards cards that can earn you up to 6% back at supermarkets nationwide, but always check your APR. Travelers got some welcome news in Wednesday's inflation report from the government. Airfares are starting to come down and at a faster rate. Lower prices for gasoline and travel were big reasons that overall inflation slowed just a bit in July, though consumer prices are still up 8.5% from a year ago. Travelers are starting to get a break from higher airfares, as Daybreak Insider's Lisa Dwyer reports. Air travelers are finally getting a breather on high airfares. The government says that the average airfare dropped nearly 8% in July compared with June. That's down to $311. The bad news is that's still almost 28% higher than last July. Airlines pushed fares up for most of this year because demand was high and there are fewer flights, meaning fewer seats to sell. The airlines also blame high jet fuel prices. Travel data researcher Hopper expects domestic U.S. airfares to average $286 in August and remain at or below $300 until October. That's when many people book Thanksgiving and Christmas travel. I'm Lisa Dwyer. And finally, would you eat a woolly mammoth? Well, you soon may be given the chance to do so. Texas-based startup Colossal Biosciences is employing genetic engineering to make those dreams come true. The Biolab claims that they could genetically modify Asian elephants, the closest living relative of the species, and use some genetic information harvested from recovered mammoth remains. If plans work out... It will manufacture a woolly mammoth in six years, or as near to a copy as feasible. Vice News' Greg Walter says that investors are already lining up to resurrect the woolly mammoth. Investors have already ponied up $15 million to make this happen. The process couldn't be easier. You just harvest an elephant egg, something no one's ever done before, replace 60 or more elephant genes with mammoth genes, create an artificial womb strong enough to hold an up to 200-pound mammoth fetus for two years, and before you know it, you've got a designer mammoth. The next step is to ship them off to Pleistocene Park, which, yes, already exists and is located, of course, in Russia. Walters goes on to explain how scientists are able to bring back the woolly mammoth. Mammoths, or quasi-mammoths, are possible thanks to a technology Colossal's chief brainiac helped invent. It's called CRISPR-Cas9, and it lets scientists edit genetic info. It's like using find and replace on a Word doc, except for DNA. Basically, you search for specific genes and scissor-like enzymes snip them out. Scientists can then edit or delete the remaining DNA. Now, I know what you're thinking. Gene scissors, awesome. Mammoths, even awesomer. But how can I make this about me? And the answer is yes. There are laws against using this technology to create designer humans. 
or perhaps the close to humans that used to kick it with the mammoths. Now some food companies are interested in bringing back the mammoth for dietary reasons. Director of Regenerative Food and Farming, Holly Whitelaw, says she would be willing to, quote, eat anything that was ethically grazed. For their part, Colossal Biosciences has made no mention of potentially eating their product and instead chose to focus instead on the environmental benefits of mammoth restoration. They say the animal's heavy gait thickens permafrost, or the permanently frozen layer of soil, gravel, and sand under the Earth's surface in some areas, preventing it from melting and releasing greenhouse gases. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.